Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Through the Corporate Glass. I am Deepa, your host for today's episode. In his book Atomic Habits, James Clear says, "Your life today is essentially the sum of your habits." So in today's episode we are going to be talking about habits and how being conscious about them can help shape your career and even your life. To talk about this I have with me Shrije. Shrije Mehta is a senior director at GE Healthcare. He has close to 2 decades of experience in finance and IT. I have been working with him for close to 8 years now. He is someone who has put in a lot of thought into the kind of habits he wants to build. He has a personal framework that has helped him learn and sustain new habits and also get rid of the ones that are not essential. Welcome to the show Shrijay. Hi Deepa, thanks for having me. Let's begin with what is a habit? How will you define it? habit is basically something that you essentially repeat and do every day for a long period of time so it's something that defines your thoughts defines your actions it's it's kind of a core you can think of it like the operating system behind any person that that's how i think of a habit i like that she's a operating system so give me you know a couple of habits that define you sure so i kind of think of habits in a framework so i kind of think of habits in four categories all of us we we have what i call the, there's a body part there's the mind part there's the intellect part and then i just call it a uh, spirit i'll just take a few that fall in these categories from a physical perspective uh, a habit that i've embraced i want to say for the last 10 years now is just uh, exercise so it's it's basically for me it comes down to setting a goal and and accomplishing that goal so i have like a target of running 5 miles every day that's the habit that i've followed now for the last 10 years that's on the physical side then similarly i i also operationalize certain habits around mind and intellect for me reading has become a very important part of my life and again how i codify that is i basically put aside at least 30 minutes to 60 minutes every day where i'm reading something okay and and obviously what you read is up to you but that's that's a core part of my lifestyle we'll talk about like how how often and how long i've been doing this but that's another one and then spirit again is a more recent one for me it's it's more like how how often do you think about the larger questions of life so end of the day engaging in uh, philosophy or or the deeper questions of life again i spend some time on that not every day but for sure i codify that to do every week at least so these are some examples of habits that i have embraced Sure, Shreeji. I know, and in office, it's almost like a legend, right? That in the gym, that they asked you to keep changing the treadmill you run on, <laughs> because <laughs> they were worn out. So I know. So this is the thing about habits, right? It's something that becomes so inherent or part of you that it's almost automatic. You get there, you do it. But the thing about it is, it's so hard. Why is it that it's so hard to make or break habits, and how do you do it? Yes this is the core question and I'll I'll walk you through my own journey it's not like I had these habits from you know day 1 I think the reason it is hard to both build and sustain habits in my mind is 
basically the underlying motivation that you have. So end of the day, I think all of us have personal goals or um, aspirations to be a certain person. So there's this vision of the kind of person you want to be. And of course, then there's the person that you are currently. And, and there's this big gap between the person you want to be and the person you currently are. So the reason it's hard to sustain habits in my mind is it comes down to this broad, number one, distractions. Number two, I'll just call it laziness for the lack of a better word. <laughs> True. You're not, that, that motivation is lacking in some place where you, where you say, hey, you know, maybe I don't need to do this this day. And then slowly that it becomes a slippery slope where you miss many times and then it just goes off. It's like a new resolution, right? It's something where if, if that, that motivation is not strong within you because you've not basically thought deeply about why you want to get to where you want to, that, that's for me the big derailer of why you don't, number one, sustain a habit. But so when I think about my own example, I think some of the things that I talked about earlier, like the running or the reading, I feel like I always wanted to do those things, but they were back in my subconscious and, and and I was at a certain phase in my life I was just focused on work so I kind of put those to the back burner and I focused on something else so the rationalization that I had was like hey you know I am doing what I want to I am getting to where I want to be but I think I was discounting some things which at the end of the day is a core part of who I am so each of us I think like I said in, in your own operating system you you have a fundamental sense. All of us don't have to have the same habits. Not everybody needs to run five miles a day. But, but the point is you have to have a set of routines or a set, a set of habits that makes this gap between where you want to be and where you are, that, that dissonance has to go away. And in my mind, that, that, that's the key driver behind why we don't both make and sustain habits. Yeah, Shri when you talk about motivation, right, when I start off, there is always motivation because as you said, there is a gap between where you are and where you want to be and something motivates you and start and you start. The hardest part is sustaining because there will yep. be days when I don't think we have the same level of motivation on every single day. So how do you cope with days where you are not as, where you don't feel as motivated? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I, frankly, I think I adopt what, and this is something I read recently, but I realized later that it's been a principle when I started down this path, right? It's, it's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a person, his name is BJ Fogg, and, and he codifies what he calls tiny habits. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so there's, there's two things that you got to do. One is you got to define what is most important to you. If you know that this is something that is a core part of who I am. So for example, for me reading, right? There was a big part in my life where I, where I wasn't reading because I was working most of the time. And I always knew at the back of my mind that, hey, you know, I love to read, you know, it's, it's a core. When I read, I'm in some sort of flow state basically, right? So, so, so coming back to tiny habits, right? It, 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 the way that you, so number one is you got to prioritize what is most important to you. If you don't do that, then for sure, you know, you're not going to get far, right? But once you do that, once you know this is an important aspect of my personality, this is something that makes me, you know, go into a different state and I'm kind of tapped into my, my how do I say it, my, my core personality itself. Once you know that is important, that's step one. Mm-hmm. Step two is now the way to make sure that, that when there are days where, you know, you don't feel like doing it, 
you basically do a tiny portion of it, right? So this guy, BJ Fogg, right? He actually gives, you know, crazy example. He says like, hey, you know, for example, if you, if, if you want to have a habit of flossing your teeth, right? You know, floss one teeth, you know, start, start really small. Or if you want to do a habit of doing push-ups, right? Instead of having this big grand thing of like, I'm going to do 50 push-ups a day, start with two push-ups, you know? So, so in effect, he says that we get bogged down by the, oh, I got to spend so much time on this. Oh, it's, it's a big, you know, I got to take time out to do this. So his point is, if you basically start, I mean, I say start, you know, with, with small, you know, small sized portions of your habit, over time, it will add up and it will become a core part of your system. And that's how I think it happened with me too. I started small and I wasn't running five miles a day from the beginning. The five miles became a random thing later, but in the beginning, I was like, hey, let me just get to the gym. Going to the gym, even if I did like 10 minutes, was success, you know? So, so if I were to summarize, right, there's two things you have to do. One is you have to say, hey, what are things that I know th- these are things that I must do? For example, right now, I'm going through a phase where I'm struggling with one, I mean, uh, where I know there's something that I should do, but I'm, I've not yet operationalized it. It's meditation. I know this is just like exercise. It's something that is good for me. It's something that I know when I do it, I feel really, really peaceful and really good. But the way I'm trying to codify it is I do really small, 10 minutes a day or, or you know, some small portion a day. But once I do that, I know that over time, it will come to you know, a, a core part of what I want it to be. That's my simple solution to getting around the problem of you know, when you, the days you don't want to do it, how do you still get it, make it happen? Starting, you know, in bite-sized uh, portions, I think that's uh, definitely a workable solution. So, Shijay, while we were talking about this, see, you also mentioned earlier that you were not always like this. So, how were, were you like, I would say, <laughs> the rest of us, like, now you were caught up with work, not concentrating on your, what I would say, interests or taking time out to do stuff. So, how did the change happen? How did you go about that? Frankly, when I look at the early part of my life, I think I was the complete opposite of what I what I do now, at least. Like when I was a kid, my nickname was uh, Gundu or Fatso, you know. So uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, so. So to answer your question directly, I think you you ha- I feel like th- there's a time in your life where, especially in the early years, where you're mostly acting, how do I say it, in, in a, not in a conscious way, right? You're, you're basically mostly doing things that, that are governed more by people outside you, whether it's your parents or whether it's uh, other people. You put too much weight on, I think, outside influences because you yourself haven't defined your own identity. So I feel there came a time in my life where I really thought deeply about like, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I got to define my own habits or my own, like what, what impact I want to have in the world or what, what is deeply meaningful to me. And I think that, that my mind, so there was for sure like an inflection point where I basically said, hey, I don't need to look at others to decide what I should do with my life. And so that was one inflection point. And once you pass that inflection point, then it comes down to... Uh, starting to become more conscious about yourself. I'm sure the, the most successful people have that inflection point very early in their lives. For me, it came much later. I want to say I went through a big portion of my life, mostly, you know, just doing what, what others wanted me to do, so to speak. When I say others, it's parents, everybody, people I respect, but still not following my own instinct or my own, what I thought was important, right? So 
for me, that was one turning point. And then beyond that, I think it's like I said, I was always a person who wanted to continuously develop myself, whether it's in, in academics or whether it's in the physical side, maybe the physical side came much later. But once I started putting those things more into my conscious on like, hey, what do I want to stand for? What is the, what is the thing that I want to, what impact do I want to have in the world? And ultimately, what do I want to, how do I be more comfortable in my own skin? It's like being very, very comfortable with your own identity. Once, once that inflection point happened, then it became like, I would apply the same, like when I go out after a project or at work or something, I'm fully immersed in it. I apply that same sort of framework or mindset to anything that I was conscious about. That's when, so in my mind, going back to what you were asking, right? It's not like I was running five miles a day. It started, I want to say, on a whim. Actually, it's funny. It happened in GE where our CIO at that time, right? There was this big health ahead thing going on and mm-hmm. he gave out Fitbits to everybody in the team, you know? And so for me, that was the trigger for like, how do I measure what I want to make happen? So nice. at that time, there was, a, there was a simple goal about, you know, just hitting 10,000 steps a day or something. So initially, I was nowhere near that. But then slowly, I started getting there and then... So like I said, the, another, the other big part of habits as we're talking about them is, is measurements and objectifying it. You have to be able to some structure to it. And the way you add structure is by measuring it. So for me, it was 10,000 steps a day before. Now it's whatever, 15,000, right? So putting that kind of gives you some discipline on, on setting daily goals and making sure that even if it's hard, right? You know that, hey, there's a sense of always before some of these harder habits, mm-hmm. there's, there's this apprehension before you start saying, oh man, this is going to be hard. But then I always, at that point in time, I put in, I, I fast forward to, you know, the time when you're done with that. For example, when I've done my five mile run, right? There's a sense of fulfillment or happiness that if you tap into that, then that gets over the friction of jumping into it, you know? So you always have to tap into what's the end benefit that you get and how does that make you a better person? So anyway, that's a long answer to your question, but those no. are some thoughts that I know I have applied and embraced. Well, uh, those were good points, Rijay. So first thing, when you spoke about the inflection points, the first one where you say initially we are, you know, looking up to parents and other elders to figure out what to do. And then you just go on that mode and then it changes at a point. I think that that's completely resonated with me as well. I, I have also been through that, <laughs> all those inflection points. And uh, the two key things you mentioned, one was discipline and the structure that you bring in to sustain. So I find yeah. discipline is the hardest thing. It's easier said than done. So discipline and structure, can you, you know, give a couple of examples of, you know, some of your habits or what structure you have around them? Sure, sure. So for me, again, a big part of having that structure and discipline is just pure reflection. At the end of every day, I take stock of, you know, across these key things that I know I want to do, whether it's my physical goals or my mental goals, or even my spiritual goals. I guess that's another habit, right? At the end of every day before wrapping up, I take stock of, hey, how was my day? Did I, separate from what I had to do at work, these personal goals that I have, did I accomplish them? And for me, it's not just a subjective yes or no. It's not just a, a discrete, you know, zero one sort of answer. It's a, there's also a element of you know, objectification. And, and, and so for me, right, the Fitbit is a simple example of like, hey, did I hit my goal for a day, right? I, I look at my, my iPhone now and I see, okay, goal achieved. And that's an easy one. But then for the, for the more 
subjective ones. So reading, for example, sometimes you don't want to add too much of that measurement for some of these goals where as long as I spend time away from what I call routine tasks, that, that for me is the way to, so the simple answer to your question is that at the end of the day, I kind of look at all my things and if I haven't done something, right, mm. then I'll make a mental note for myself saying, hey, number one, at least get that, that tiny habit formula. I do at least some of it. So right. I don't use uh, any specific app or something, but uh, I find just plain, you know, take, you, you have a, you should have a book where you reflect on, on these key things that you are, that are part of your, it's beyond like uh, to-do stuff. And I, I know some people, like with my kids now, there's more codified things like habit trackers and stuff where they, mm-hmm. they, they write things and then you can actually check off like whether you've done it. So they make it more discreet and that helps with with kids for sure. But I think what I have done more is reflect deeply on each of my habits and, and say, hey, uh, like meditation is what I'm currently struggling with. Right? I mean, it's, 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 moving at a pace where you know it's the i kind of it rewinds back to the initial days when i was doing this running thing right there were days when it was really hard even though meditation sounds like the easiest thing to do right but <laughs> it seems to be the one that's falling off my radar the most so like i said the at the end of the day i i reflect on like why am i not doing it am i not really considering it as important as it should be and then i look at trade-offs i look at things that you know why why am i justifying something if i feel like it is an important a habit that so it, it's a process of reflecting and thinking through what is, is your motivation not there or is it more a function of you, you need to apply this tiny habit sort of methodology to get there. Right. Nice, Srijay. So, you know, with all these habits, how have they influenced your career? So, like I said, I feel like at the end of the day, the habits that I've developed personally are just who I am and that's what I bring to my work that's what I bring to my family that, that that's who I am whether even in the other groups that I'm part of right like I'm part of Chinmaya Mission here in Milwaukee so I try earlier I used to kind of create a, a separation between my identity and all these different spaces so I feel like over time I've dissolved that so when I think about the impact of the habits on my career itself it's the same impact as in every other area of my life. And I feel overall, I can see the difference. Earlier, I would, I don't think I ever had a problem where I would, I would not do, like say, do perspective. I was always very, how do I say it? From a work perspective, I always had that discipline. Mm-hmm. But once I started embracing some of these other things, I, feel, I felt like I became more balanced. Like earlier, if I, if I just rewind maybe 15 years back, right? I was like a maniac at work. You know, I would... <laughs> I would just spend all my time at work and I would be very, what's the word? Angry is the wrong word, but I would, I would be very, uh, yeah, no, if people did not show up with the right level of quality in their work, I would be not as compassionate. I mean, I, I would basically <laughs> hold them to a, a very high standard. I can clearly see that by embracing a more holistic approach to everything that I do, I'm still demanding. If you're not balanced, then that, that, <laughs> yeah. That comes through in your work and it, it's not a positive thing. Coming back to your question though, I think the habits in mind ha- have helped me in my career. Number one, achieve balance across different spaces. But number two, I think they've made me much more disciplined, much more uh, focused. I, I think um, well-rounded in a way is what I would say. Because end of the day, whether it's in your career or in any other space in your life, for me, the, the fundamental thing is you got to be focused on you know, self-improvement or focused on how do I get better? 
right? Because that is what, if you ever get complacent and you're like, okay, you know, I, I have achieved what I wanted and I'm done. I think then that that's a mistake because I think even the, the, if you really look at the most successful people in the world, right? Look at people like Elon Musk, right? Is that guy just slowing down and saying, you know, I, I'm done. No, he's actually, he did PayPal, then he did uh, Tesla and, and now he's going after uh, space and the brain and all these things, you know? So I think that the, the, the point behind these successful people in my mind is like, they're just, they, they have a set of habits or they have an operating system that just, you know, there's like a virtual, a positive feedback loop, right? Where once you, once you achieve some level of success, it only, you know, makes you go higher and higher. I think that's the key thing in my mind. Habits kind of form a self uh, reinforcing sort of positive feedback loop that you've got to, you can't, you can never say I'm done, right? That, that That's the, the big lesson that I have. I think the habits are the foundation, but it, it helps you keep uh, scaling up and leveraging and, and helps you. And over time, I think then you, you, you can't obviously, you know, do, do everything in the world, but I think it's about scaling those habits that you have to achieve a lot more. So those are some of my thoughts on both uh, habits and how they impact your career. Nice summary, Srijay. So for people who, you know, going to go back and reflect on their habits, what are some of the things that they need to keep in mind? Like your tips, as you would say it. Yeah. So my tips, if I were to just summarize everything I said. So number one, start with tiny habits. If you, if you say, hey, at this point in time, I'm going to completely change my life and, and you make a list of <laughs> 10, 15 things, it's not going to happen, right? You have to be very realistic, but you have to be having a balance of, like I said, the motivation and the, it has to be something that's a conscious, reflective effort in what is most important to you. And you should never follow, that's the other thing. I, I listen to people like uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti and he says, you know, hey, end of the day, it has to come from within you. You know, you can get all this advice and all the people out there, but you hear that, absorb it, assimilate it, reflect on it, and then apply it in your own way. You know, only you know exactly what is good for you. So that's my number one thing. Start tiny, reflect on exactly what is most important to you. And then once you have done that first two steps, then you got to obviously hold yourself accountable. You have to measure it. You got to not let go of it. So yeah, those are some of the simpler ones. And then sometimes you do want to go after big changes, like these inflection points. And I think those, uh, you have to really embrace this, this notion of not everything is in your control. There, there, is, there is a mix of the circumstances and the environment that you're in. And, and of course, your own agency, which your, your own motivation. So you can't just think that, hey, you know, my motivation will make it all happen. You have to create the environment. <laughs> The environment around you has to sustain and has to help what you do. Some of the bigger things, sometimes it forces you to think about like, hey, maybe I need to relocate to a different place because I can't get that same level of achievement or that same level. That this environment doesn't help me get to where I want to. I would never say just, you know, take somebody else's habits and, and copy it. You know, I would say you got to think about what is important to you. There are, of course, universal principles, right? It's a no-brainer that we should all be healthy and we should all be doing good in our lives and stuff like that. So those are universal principles. You've got to take those universal principles and you've got to, you know, completely personalize it for yourself on, on how, do, how does your personality, how are you wired to make those principles come alive? You know, that's how I kind of think about it. 
I think I definitely have a couple of things that I can implement. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Deepa, for me, these are all things that normally we don't talk about. Thank you, Shree Jay. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do send us your feedback at throughthecorporateclass.com and follow us on Twitter at Corporate Glass. You can also email us at feedback at throughthecorporateglass.com. We'd love to hear from you.